1971, a man shared information that the government wanted withheld. The information, which later became known as the Pentagon Papers, was published by a very select group of reporters who were then sued by the United States government. The Supreme Court ruled in favor of the journalists and journalism in general, in that case, New York Times versus U.S., has been a bedrock decision underpinning countless legal battles against prosecuting journalists for exposing government secrets ever since. I would know. When a site I wrote for published documents that embarrassed my local city government, such as the city protecting the actions of a cop who videotaped up the skirt of a 16-year-old he was assigned to protect, they sued me, my friend, and the site itself. Why? Because the job of the government is always, first and foremost, to protect the government. After my case was settled, a local council member who had voted repeatedly to sue me was still aghast that I didn't just take the files I was given and turn them over to the city so they could continue to lie to the people by omission. His priority, like that of all government apologists, was protecting the lies, malfeasance, and corruption of the city, and he didn't care if he had to ruin me and my family to that end. My local police department covered up for terrible cops. My city gave officers promotions after costing us millions in damages directly related to their own incompetence. Nobody was publicly held accountable for the actions within City Hall or the police department. It was, and is, policy to turn a blind eye to bad and oftentimes criminal behavior. But we, a group of volunteer citizens who like to make a fuss about things most people don't care about, we were attacked for our efforts. The attack was so gross and so obvious that we quickly garnered the support of a large collection of people in groups who understood the significance of what was happening. The Electronic Frontier Foundation set us up with an amazing forensic computer specialist. They were joined by the ACLU and ACLU of Southern California, who all wrote legal briefs on our behalf. The First Amendment Coalition and Reporters Committee ran to our defense, as did others. Why? Because a government body was trying to suppress journalism. Now, these past few days, I've been reminded of that ordeal as Tucker Carlson has been reporting on something the government, or at least part of it, wants withheld. I'm not a fan of his slow-drip style and sort of grandiose rhetoric about what's being reported, but it largely just amounts to a scoop. And a scoop is just something you have that nobody else has. Every journalist wants to work on good stories, big stories, and nothing is better than having the scoop on that story before anybody else. Scoops like we published on our local government. Scoops like Tucker Carlson has with the security videos from the Capitol during the January 6th riots. In journalism, if you can't get a scoop, you work from what your competition has and build a story from there. In a sane world, the press, by and large, might be upset that Carlson got access to videos they don't have, which is just sour grapes, really, because you have to wonder how often they share their privileged access and scoops with the competition. But despite that annoyance, they take what Carlson is showing, in a sane and better world, and attempt to authenticate it and then build further stories of their own. Somehow, that isn't what's happening from most of the press. Instead of taking what Carlson is showing and demanding answers from the Capitol Police, from the FBI and DHS, from Nancy Pelosi, who was in charge of overseeing security that day, from Liz Cheney and all of the others who withheld this video evidence, both from the public and the people being prosecuted for their actions on that day, the majority of the press is excoriating Carlson for having the audacity to report on a scoop he was given. Most of this caterwauling is just partisan preening nonsense. The Democrats on the House's January 6th committee had no problem leaking information to favored members of the press. Congress critters do this all the time. The same members of the press who are feigning being upset about Carlson's current access had no problem reporting their own privilege leaks, anonymously mind you, and patting each other on the back while sharing those selective leaks far and wide. A lot of the business of journalism is about making contacts in order to beat the other guy to the story, to get a piece of a story nobody else has before you go live. If you want people to watch and read your stuff, you need to give them something nobody else can give them. That's not to say that you can't disagree with how Carlson is spinning things or how he's interpreting things, but to argue that Tucker 
Tucker Carlson shouldn't have reported on his scoop is to argue that Neil Sheehan shouldn't have reported on the Pentagon Papers without sharing them with the rest of the media. Or that Woodward and Bernstein should have outed Deep Throat to the public so they could all ask about the Watergate scandal before those two went to press. Worse still, to argue that he shouldn't be reporting what he's reporting because it harms the government is precisely the argument my city unsuccessfully used against me, precisely because the Supreme Court slapped the hell out of that argument back in the 70s and every time it's come up since. The argument that the state should be able to overclassify things and then demand that reporters who find out about them be silenced is, at best, completely at odds with how journalism and the First Amendment function. Channeling the worst of Richard Nixon's authoritarianism to protect a government narrative was not a good look on Nixon, not a good look on my city council. It was not a good look on Javier Becerra when he threatened journalists who did nothing wrong in 2019, and it's not a good look on the Uniparty members currently screaming for Tucker Carlson's career on a spike. The complaint about how Carlson is the only one releasing the videos is likewise nonsense and a bad look. What is released outside of Fox News is a function of who controls the data, and this story, much like with the Twitter files, the journalists in question are working under the purview and authority of those who control the data. McCarthy and the Capitol Police appear to be dictating the terms here, not Carlson or Fox News. If you're mad at who has access, don't blame Carlson, blame Congress. But the fact of the matter is that the videos that are being slowly released are videos that should have been made public two years ago, even if we just base that on the rhetoric coming out of the pro-government side of the aisle. If you honestly, truly believe that the Capitol riots on January 6th were a deadly insurrection and an attack, as many Democrats have proclaimed, only matched by Pearl Harbor, 9-11, the White House burning in 1812, and or slavery itself, how do you justify withholding the evidence from the public? If this was the greatest attack in the history of America on our sacred democracy, shouldn't we see what happened? Shouldn't we know all the details, all the players, all the facts? Apparently not. Sure, you can argue the merits of withholding evidence of a crime while it's being investigated, but how do you argue withholding it after you've already gotten convictions? Why do so many accept, nay parrot, the government narrative that they get to keep secrets until everybody is long gone and therefore unaccountable for any actions? Why should these videos remain private, like the JFK files forever and ever amen? I can't think of a single time in American history where the state lied by omission and it turned out that they were the good guys and were just protecting the innocent. I can think of countless times when the state lied to us for our own good or for our safety and we later found out that the only people being protected were the villains in charge. Hiding the Pentagon Papers wasn't done to protect the troops or America, it was done to protect the careers of bureaucrats and politicians from the accountability for sending America's sons off to die long after they knew better. Hiding the January 6th videos likewise isn't protecting the people. It's not even protecting Congress. Showing people milling about the halls of Congress, places reporters are filming in every day, isn't a threat to anything but the narratives built by government functionaries and career politicians who weaponize facts for self-interest. When the state circles the wagons, it's always to protect the state, not the interests of the people, and it should raise alarms. That's what is happening. We're currently watching a five-alarm fire at the intersection of truth and justice. The Senate Majority and Minority Leaders, crying Chuck Schumer and cocaine Mitch McConnell, have both come out against Carlson for his reports, as have countless other government functionaries and politicians. McConnell laughably came out and said that it was wrong for Carlson to dare say things that went against what the armed agents of the state, the Capitol Police in this case, had claimed happened. 
Right. The Capitol Police investigated themselves and found that they did nothing wrong. How dare Tucker Carlson question that by showing video that appears to show collusion and or conspiracy on the part of officers of the Capitol Police. You can chalk McConnell's rhetoric up to tired thin blue line, the cops never do anything wrong, and they're always heroes sort of tripe that establishment Republicans love to peddle even in the face of the most egregious corruption. But Chuck Schumer's antics should really bother people. Schumer took to the Senate floor to demand Fox News, a private news corporation, pull the Tucker Carlson show and stop their reporting on these videos. Why? Because it challenges the narratives of the government. In media, we often talk about a chilling effect on people's actions. If you say that the government can prosecute somebody for something, even if that case will get thrown out, it stops people from engaging in that behavior. If you threaten to sue somebody, with a valid lawsuit or not, it can have the effect of stopping them from doing the thing you don't like. You can see this with the recent Tennessee law that, in the press, criminalized drag shows, when all it did from a practical perspective was to outlaw things that were already illegal. The only reason to ban something that's already banned is to send a message, and the guy who pushed the Tennessee bill originally demagogued the hell out of it to scare people into thinking it had more power, covered more events, and, well, that it actually did anything. It was a ruse. It was a show. It was meant solely to scare people out of doing things he doesn't like by implication and illusion. It appears to have worked. This is what Chuck Schumer attempted to do from the Senate floor. The vast powers of the Senate can be weaponized against countless people and countless groups. You see this during hearings and investigations, as those hearings and investigations impact stock prices and valuations. Hearings get held, grand juries get impaneled, investigations are run, not to bring justice or right or wrong, but rather to waste the time and resources of the parties that offended those in power. The process is the punishment. The government is a bludgeon, and that's the entire point of Schumer's antics, to remind Fox News, and really anybody else who's thinking of following his lead, that Schumer's in control of a significant part of that weapon. Recall how Twitter, Facebook, and other media companies were hounded in front of Congress, basically over $200,000 in terrible memes that something something allowed Russia to steal an election. The Democrats dragged social media companies through the mud, and in return, they got help fortifying the 2020 election as well as the COVID and other such narratives. Congress constantly threatens big tech, so big tech will remain their supplicant bitches. Look no further than Congress and Biden talking about attacking TikTok on the pretense of China, allegedly doing a fraction as much to its users as the NSA does to all Americans via AT&T and Verizon. They don't care about TikTok or China for that matter, let alone our privacy. It's more likely they're just doing the bidding of YouTube and Facebook, who are losing market share. It's almost always about power protecting the institutions of power. Chuck Schumer wasn't just threatening Fox News. He was trying to chill journalism at large because he didn't like what was being said on Tucker Carlson's show and knew it would spread. And thanks to the Streisand effect, it's spreading like wildfire. Which is odd because not much was really said. Carlson has largely been reporting things that are somewhat trivial to anybody who paid attention to the January 6th show trials. Yes, Rayab's lied about where he was at a certain time, but that amounts to him getting his timeline wrong during a hearing at a much later date. That's the least interesting thing about the Rayab saga, and there is still so much more that is, to this day, being withheld about his involvement before during and after the Capitol riot on January 6th. Yes, Brian Sicknick is on video 30 minutes after the media claimed he'd been murdered, but it's long been part of the public record that he died the next day of natural causes. This helps confirm the lies told by the government, which were endlessly parroted by most of the press, 
But this isn't really new or groundbreaking. The guided tour given to the QAnon shaman by the Capitol Police is close to the most interesting thing to come out of Tucker's reporting. If you don't see the actions of officers walking with and around Jake and Jelly throughout the Capitol as confounding, confusing, and deserving of solid answers, eh, chances are good you just don't care about the truth one way or the other. The biggest point in all of this, to me, about Tucker's reporting is regarding these videos being withheld for over two years and how that impacts the court cases of all of those evil insurrectionists. These videos, especially of Capitol Police escorting people around, opening doors for them, and the like, complicates a lot of narratives. That this evidence has been withheld from the court of public opinion pales in comparison to the fact that it's been withheld from the very people who were in prison for their participation on January 6th. If you believe in any form of justice, you can't believe that it's a good idea, let alone a good precedent, to support the government in withholding exculpatory evidence from defendants. We are seeing proof that the government lied to courts and prosecuted people while denying them the right to a fair trial or to the very evidence against them. If you're okay with that, you're a champion of tyranny and oppression. Nothing good has ever come from a government lying to its citizens and withholding evidence in order to put people in cages. And yet politicians and pundits alike are aghast, not at the potential crimes of the state, no, but at Tucker Carlson for showing segments of video many in the government simply wanted withheld. I read a piece today condemning Carlson for talking about Brian Sicknick because a rioter had pled guilty to assaulting Sicknick. What was left out is that the rioter in question, George Tanios, pled guilty to assaulting officers, including Sicknick, with an unknown chemical substance. Spraying a chemical at cops has nothing to do with the fire extinguisher assault that was said to have killed Sicknick a day before he died, which is the actual narrative that's been presented since the day of the riots. But the point of that story wasn't to tell the truth, it was to convince people that Carlson was somehow causing a harm. The irony of leaving out details in a story written to condemn Carlson for showing videos and details was apparently lost on the author. Carlson isn't the bad guy here for questioning the government narrative. That's the job of every citizen, even if you don't like his particular spin or takes on issues. Even if you think it's a cynical ploy to get views, or that he doesn't believe what he's saying, questioning the government should be a default position. Chuck Schumer, on the other hand, used his authority, his power, as the majority leader of the United States Senate to attack a journalist, partisan or not. Being okay with that? Supporting that? Yeah, that's not journalism. It's not even American. That's an attack on the First Amendment. It's an attack on due process and fair trials and transparency and even democratic government itself. What Chuck Schumer did was third-rate, third-world, banana republic-level bullying, and everybody should see that for what it is and be disgusted. Schumer should be taking a page from Evelyn Beatrice Hall's summation of the work of Voltaire when she wrote, I wholly disapprove of what you say and will defend to the death your right to say it. Instead, he seems to be taking his cues from Ukraine's Zelensky in a totalitarian urge to attack disfavored members of the press because he doesn't like what they have to say. One can be mad at Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy for not sharing the videos with everybody, for letting Tucker have the exclusive. But the argument here, the argument that isn't just sour grapes over the scoop, is that these videos aren't a political football. They aren't a tool to be weaponized by both parties, first by the Democrats who withheld them, and then by Republicans who selectively released them to their friends and allies. McCarthy and his team giving the videos to Tucker is annoying, but it's a far cry from the sin of Pelosi and her team withholding the same videos from criminal defendants. A farther cry still from the sitting Senate Majority Leader trying to use his position of institutional privilege to bully the press into doing his bidding in a venal attempt to subvert the First Amendment and hide the truth from the American people. And that's all I have to say on that. 
for now. Thanks for watching, listening, subscribing, paying attention, going to Patreon and Substack and clicking the links and all the, all the stuff you have to do on here. Cheers.